Hello. The evening is upon us. That means it's time for podcasting. <laughs> okay. I still got a monolith stuff from last week. I'm going to close those tabs. Yep. When I archive notes in mine, does it archive it in yours too? No, no. It's something I got to do on my end. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I actually think that's that's good. Yeah. I need to clean that up anyway because I uh, what I do is when you send me the um, the shared keep list, I'll, I'll pin that to the top. Mm-hmm. But then I'll just unpin it. And I won't do anything with it. So I've got notes from like episodes 40, 43. Oh, I archive everything. <laughs> as soon as I make a new note, I don't yeah. pin it. I don't, I don't even know how to do that. I just archive immediately. That's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I have some other random notes in here, but like as far as our show notes go, mm-hmm. um, I have two right now just because of that. But oh, look, I forgot to archive last week's. Bye bye. We'll make that a signal okay. on the show. What random notes do you have in your in your drive there? All right, so. What random notes do I have? <laughs> uh, Instagram tags. I have some mini episodes that we have discussed. I have Patreon notes fulfillments to make sure that I shipped everything that is needed uh-huh. to patrons. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, we have. Oh, wow, that one's old. Um, we have uh some special episode ideas that gift. we've just like have on the back burner gift ideas for matt when you hit the lotto yeah yeah that's cool yeah some other podcast idea stuff that's pretty much it cool that's awesome. cool um i have resnaculous road trip locations so d and i were making a list of places to go uh just to have their Resnaculous experience. So yeah. some of these locations are the Ben and Jerry's factory in Waterbury, Vermont, mm. the Jelly Belly factory tour in Fairfield, California, yeah. uh, Florida's natural growers in Lake Wales, Florida. <laughs> what it? Oh. Yeah. The, um, what's it called? I've never been there. The cranberry people. Yeah. Is, yeah. And then World of Coca-Cola in Atlanta, Georgia. That uh, is the one of that list that I would like to go to as well. Yeah, I hear good things about it. Maybe we can meet in Hotlanta. Hotlanta. <laughs> mm-hmm. Other than that, I have like, like a couple years ago, I started making a list of stuff that I was happy about and proud of every year. No, that's that's totally normal. Yes. Well, you know, it's really just I was trying to keep like positivity in front of my face, just. Oh, yeah. You know, oppressive day job and shit. So it's like, all right, here's some stuff that I've actually done that I'm proud of. And I did it for 2018. I did it a little bit for 2019, but I didn't do it for this year just because, you know. I mean, this year, the thing you should be, anyone should be proud of is just surviving it. <laughs> That's all we need. That's the checklist. Right. That's it. Right. <laughs> exactly. If you're listening to this, you did it. Congratulations. Check yes. it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check that on off. Then I had a list of stuff that I want to learn or I want to try. <laughs> this is all stuff that... Like Mandarin. Yes. Like Mandalorian. I want to learn Mandalorian. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the way. This is the way. See, we're halfway there. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to do a boozy painting class. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I want to do pottery. Uh, like, like, not like the painting pottery. I want to learn legit pottery. Mm, okay. Okay. They probably get tired of the ghost jokes in there, I'm sure. Just like on that episode no of Community. No ghosting. No ghosting. <laughs> um, 
like this is a really low bar. Mini golf. I haven't done that in years. Uh, oh, I thought you were gonna say ever. I was like, oh shit, really? I've gone mini golfing twice in my lifetime. Like I've played yeah. more like like legit golf range stuff. I've done more in my life. Now that I've never done, I've never done actual golf range yeah. stuff. I've done mini golf. And mini golf is fun. Like I've done varying degrees of like the uh, the range. So I've I've been to places that are you know kind of mom and popish and everything. You gotta you know set the ball yourself and tee it up and all that. Yeah. And, the kid drives around in a cart. And then I've been to one of those nice places that has like the net and everything and the ball yeah. automatically raises from the ground. Like that's, that's too posh. That's too posh. Yeah. Um, do you like bowling? Uh, you know, <laughs> fun fact, I was briefly on the bowling team in high school. I really enjoy it. I, I would have been on a bowling team had my school had that in high school because I really enjoy bowling. That is not a thing that anyone else likes to do. I've really? Found. Really? Man. Anytime I've tried to bring up bowling with other people, they're just <laughs> like, why would you want to do that? And I'm like, okay. It's kind of like playing chess mm-hmm. where I'm like, and I don't want to deal with like crazy chess people. Like I just want to play it for fun. Same yeah. with bowling. Just yeah. a recreational thing. People don't want to do it. Yeah, same thing. I mean, the the bowling league, I had to drop out because I was, like, going through some asthma issues and stuff back then. But, like, it was a lot of fun, and I wish I could have stuck with it. Um, Oh, and then I changed high schools, too. That was the other part of it. And the high school I changed to did not have a bowling team because of no interest. So I mean, that's a really specific thing. I don't know if I've ever been to a school that had a team like that. Yeah, my dad uh, taught me how to bowl, and he was, like, super proud when I got on this team and everything, too. He was real happy about it. And That's cool. Surprisingly, I mean, you know, it's not something that, you know, you'd equate with the south side of Chicago. But, yeah, there was a lot of kids who were really enthusiastic about it. So That's cool. Yeah, it was cool to see. And I think I- now... Like, without the stigma of having to do math as well as roll the ball down the lane, <laughs> I think now people would be more, like, enthused to do so because of, You don't like, even do math, though. Right. They, it counts now automatically, you know? Exactly. Like, you know? But when I was doing it, when back in my day, we had to use little pencils and oh, all yeah. that crazy I remember shit. that. Little tiny pencils, man. I think I was on the tail end of that. Mm. When I was a little kid, we did, like, cosmic bowling for... Um, birthday parties and stuff like that oh, that was cool. a big thing we took jonesy bowling for her birthday um at uh level 257 which is a pac-man themed restaurant in a suburb here oh yeah i've heard of those yeah yeah and that was really fun because you know it's pac-man themed bowling so like all the icons are the ghosts and pac-man and they give you like a ramp you know, if you want to use it, because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one one of our friends was uh, expecting at the time, and so she couldn't pick up this huge bowling ball. So her and her right. wife were like working together to to get this ramp going to just roll nice. down the lane. It was yeah, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, I like, th- and there are things like that where I'm like, fuck, I want to go. There's something really gross about most bowling alleys, and yeah. I'm like. Uh, can we get a vaccine so I can go back to that? Yeah, like it, it's on that <laughs> list of things where you're like, it, like you know, going to a movie theater and you know, it's like uh, this, like the the floor is gross right now. Yeah. Or yeah. you know, a baseball game where there's trash on the ground from the person who just left, kind of thing. There used to be something romantic about it, you know, the pool halls, the bowling alleys, yeah. the uh, you know, Wrigley Field with all its 
troughs uh, for urinals. Yeah. Just all kind of stuff with all the ice in there. It's weird how yeah. people romanticize that sort of thing. Like it's part of being I, a being a dude and stuff like I that. I have never really been that person of romanticizing it. Maybe like a certain bar or something like that. Mm-hmm. But now I kind of do. But I also have like I think we're going to have a lot of phobias coming out of this. Yeah. Like in the way that the people that lived through the Great Depression, they, you know, they were saving tinfoil and stuff mm-hmm. and going, you know, really, really uh, bananas with certain things. I think we're going to have that. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I'm, I'm kind of already there myself. I mean, honestly, I think there are going to be people that are going to like wear masks in public for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's not unheard of. I mean, you see how they do in Japan already, how they've done for, for years. So. Right. Yeah, so there's that. Um, other than that, learn to shuffle cards. I can't do it. My hands are, are big, meaty oh, sausages, really? and I just cannot shuffle oh, cards. Can't do it. I wish I was there to help. I can shuffle cards. I, I bought a deck <laughs> to work, specifically during the downtime, so I could learn to shuffle and not only could I not do it, but the people flanking me couldn't do it either. And it was just so frustrating. Like, geez, huh. no one can show me how to do this. <laughs> oh, I could. If I, uh, I don't know if I have a regular deck of cards. I have to have a regular deck of cards around here. I can make you a video and help you with that. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah I, I have a couple of decks. And then I have Uno cards, which are the same size. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you learn one of them. You can do it with any of them. Exactly. Yeah. I just... I get in those situations where it's like, okay, who's going to shuffle? And it's like, everybody takes responsibility. Everybody takes a turn. And then it gets to me. It's like, I, I'll just spread them out here. I was going to say, yeah. do you do the table, the I obnoxious do. table thing with like do. a five-year-old? I'm the one. I'm the guy. I'm that guy. I you know would what? straight up not let you do that. I'd That's be like, fine. I'm shuffling these fucking cards. We're not dealing with this. This is not go fish. It's the typical guy solution. You do something so wrong the first time that you're never asked to do it again. Oh, yeah. That's a good mm-hmm. strategy. Yeah, it works sometimes. Shuffling cards is not that big of a deal, though. All right. Well, the <laughs> next time I see you, you got to tease me. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. It's okay. Not, not difficult. Right. I, I have a feeling you'll pick up on it pretty quickly. Well, we'll see how if my hands agree with you. That Hopefully they do. All right. Let's uh, stop with the derail. Let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. Lex that is the show. This is the whole goddamn show. It's <laughs> random. This is it. This is what we do. I have an I intro of this show. In so, many, in so many episodes, I have an intro of the show. So technically, none of those count. This is Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure number 54. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> number 88. <laughs> we're, we're time traveling back to a time that I really don't like. But no, no, that forward, time. Move forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were the before times, though. So, I mean, it's still silver lining there. But no, the, we're here. No, those were the start of the bad times. Oh, yeah. Oof. Fuck that business. Okay. Hey, everybody. Matt Peters here. Always, always happy to be joined by my friend and podcast buddy, uh, Lex Lutz. And we're here to bring you podcast joy. It's Christmas, y'all. And if you're listening to this during the whole festivities, I hope that we're helping you to drown out anything that you may be experiencing that you don't want to experience right now. Or just helping you wake up, maybe go to sleep even. I don't know. But thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys so much. We wish you the happiest of holidays. Yes, we do. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All that. Hopefully you're being safe. I don't know. We'll see. 
We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. All right. So we got a chock full show today. Um, I know you and I have been sharing notes back and forth all week long about all kind of stuff. Um, what are you most excited to talk about right now? What do you want? What do you want to hit first? Oh, uh, the Coming to America trailer. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So finally, we're getting this. I didn't think that it existed. It was one of those movies that, you know, you'd always hear talked about in, in interviews with Eddie Murphy. And he'd be so excited about it. And it's like, I haven't seen a screenshot. I haven't heard anything about it. We don't know who's working on it. And then all of a sudden, bam, fully fleshed out movie coming to Amazon Prime in March. So it's it's really finally happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm so I saw the pictures of it, yeah. like the the pictures. And I was like really just impressed by like the costumes and everything like that. And I was like, shit, they haven't really aged much. That freaked me out. <laughs> and then they were like, Oh, it's going to be on um, Amazon. Um, and that kind of makes it feel less real. No mm. offense to Amazon, but, uh, and then the trailer, I was like, okay. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to what this story is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Based on that trailer. But it's also like the first trailer or teaser. I thought it looked good. I did, too. And I was glad to see it began with James Earl Jones, which is kind of great, did. you know, because we, we heard him, of course, in the Lion King remake. But we haven't seen James Earl Jones in a while. That's you know? what I was wondering about. How old do you think he is at this point? Now he's got to be, like, be in his 70s, right? Yeah, if not 80, you know, just <laughs> he's got to be up there. We'll look it up while we're talking. He about looks it. OK, though. Like he, he does. Like, you know, for his age. Yeah. Everybody pretty much looks OK, even. Even the uh, the the costumed characters that Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy are playing, yeah, they like they like should have been a little bit older. Yeah, <laughs> James Earl Jones, get this, eighty nine years old. Holy fuck! Yeah, I mean that makes sense given the the films that he's been in, the impact he's had in our pop culture. But yeah, shit. Yeah, he's, good for him for coming back. Exactly, he's a well seasoned veteran, and I hope. That this isn't his last role. You know, it reminds me of, um, because they had him lying down delivering his lines. And it reminded me of uh, Charlton Heston in that Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just I like, forgot about that. give a little nod to him there. And that's, that's kind of where he started. So it's like, all right, this is where he's finishing too. I hope that's not the case with James. Um, I mean, I still feel like he deserves more due for his part in making Star Wars what it is, but we'll talk about that another time. As far as this trailer goes... Do you think goes, he doesn't get credit? I feel like he doesn't enter the conversation enough. Like, I know... Yeah. I'm not sure if we talked about it on here or not, but just when when you see, like, the cast reunions and the photo shoots and everything uh, and the yeah. interviews, it's like they never talk to James Earl Jones. They talk about the guy who was actually in the costume, you know, but they never really reference him aside from like quoting him and doing the voice. And that's pretty much it. That is strange. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to be doing the voice on the Obi-Wan show. Oh, that would be wild. <laughs> I don't think they can do that anymore. No. Because no. they had, why would you bring back Hayden Christensen to just have him do be in the suit? That right. doesn't make sense. They could, they're probably going to do like a half step, like a Kylo Ren. You know, and have him just do like a, a auto-tuned sort of deal and type of, you know, when he's got the helmet on. Yeah, I'm looking it up real quick just in case there's any news on that, but <laughs> I doubt it. 
I mean, I think you would have heard about that. Yeah. So coming to America, eventually they're going to have to if they want to keep incorporating, um, what should I call it, uh, Darth Vader into things, they're going to have to do something different. They're going to have to evolve the character. Yeah. I mean, in the same way that they uh, replaced him in the uh, special editions, you know, with Hayden Christensen's visage instead of uh, the other gentleman that portrayed uh, Darth Vader. Also, they've passed the torch with uh, Han Solo now, you know, so like it's okay to to do that. If you want to keep it going at some point, you're going to have to. And it works for Star Trek. I mean, we've had three different spots at this point and they've all been great. So. People are mature enough to accept that now. I should say, uh, you know, nerds are... I, I mean, some people aren't, but they're not going to be happy with anything. <laughs> no, so, no. And it's... Who cares? Incredibly difficult to please a Star <sighs> Wars fan anyway, so you Can might we, as well. Okay. We've gone down this rabbit hole. Can we talk about The Mandalorian? Um, To an extent, I think. I mean, I'm sure most people have... Either been because spoiled by that, now, or I think that that I think that they need to recast that cameo from Mandalorian. I agree. I totally I agree think with that you. They, okay, you did it for this one thing. Um, it was a little bit more than I expected. Yeah. Of that character, uh, to the point where I was like, "Why did you do it this way?" <laughs> Let's tell you what. Let's let's compromise. Let's do Mando talk at the very end of the episode. That way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We can say, "Hey guys, stop. Come back to this after." All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna move that to the end, guys. Yeah, because okay. I I do really want to discuss that with you. It's a very yeah, exciting I think, thing. I think it's too difficult to dance around. So yeah. let's you're right. Let's do that. Back to coming to America. Back to coming to America. So the nods to the older film uh, yeah. were prevalent. You know, this is this is directed by the same director that did Dolomite Is My Name. Um, which was, was so a, good. It was so good. It was yeah. so good. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see the take on this movie. Ryan Coogler uh, was considered for the project originally, but I guess Eddie Murphy had a different uh, vision as to what he wanted to happen with it. So he, he turned that script down. But yeah, Craig Brewer is the director. He's back, uh, you know, doing this again. So cool. Dolomite was great. I have faith in this movie. I'm glad uh, to see Leslie Jones doing some stuff again. <laughs> Because I think she's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agreed. You know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see um, how much of it they stick to. Because it was a very 80s movie. And it has some very 80s tropes in it, you know, as far as how he got the girl. And the things he it, went through. Yeah. So, yeah. We're going to see how much I of that. I also think... <laughs> right. I also think, like, damn, Amazon is getting some movies now. Because yeah. they, they also got Borat, too. Which I understand, like, these are both sequels to older films and, you know, different levels. But, like, they're still very high-profile sequels that they are getting for direct release on their streaming service. That's true. That's true. It's very fascinating. And it wasn't too long ago. Like, you would think after um, how well Dolomite performed that there would have been a Mm -hmm. little bit more of a bidding war for Coming to America 2 based on the name of the project, the history and the fact that it's now ha- it now has this established director at its helm who's who's proven right. but yeah i mean amazon they they need stuff too so they're like hey come on come on by boys yeah. isn't coming back until 2021 at some point so hey come through yeah yeah and they'll have mazel at some point although 
I think that was supposed to be right about now. And obviously COVID has delayed things. That's a shame. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they usually release around Christmas. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I'm mm. sure it's it's a it, a year a good year off. I think they're filming again though. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, because they've they've started filming a lot of these shows. They have. They're yeah. they're being very careful and of course, you know, hopefully they're being very careful, I should say. Um yeah, they are. We've seen I've seen music videos lately that have been produced uh, in the past couple months as well. So yeah, Hollywood starting up again. People they're not are filming, back out there. but Rachel Brosnahan, the, uh, Maisel, they're not filming right now, but they're getting ready to go back filming. Rachel Brosnahan said. Okay, okay. So for season four. Man, I can't wait. It's a good show. I know. I love it show. so much. I so yeah, I'm excited about. Seat. Was it? I need a booster seat. Uh, when when she gets in the car and she's like. Do you need like a booster seat or something? I need a fucking booster seat. It's in the car. I need a fucking booster seat. That's me. That's me. <laughs> my favorite my favorite moment is when she's trying to teach her how to swim. Like that. Oh yeah. Above all else. She's oh, just threatening she's pleading with the Lord. She's threatening to kill her. She's <laughs> Yeah. All of a sudden confident and then all the way back around to the beginning. It's great. You walk around with a, a plunger. Nobody questions you. You're fine. <laughs> Walk around with a plunger. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, real quick one here. Um, it looks like Brian Michael Bendis, a uh, famous comic writer, of course, known mostly for uh, being the co-creator of Miles Morales and uh, responsible for the resurgence of, of Spider-Man's popularity with Ultimate Spider-Man way, way back. Oh, yeah, that's like my favorite Spider-Man run. Yep. Uh, he is wrapping up his run... Uh, on Superman with Action Comics number uh, 1028, which is coming out this mm. week. So he had a couple of things he wanted to um, accomplish with the Superman mythos. And love him or hate him, I mean, he, he got the job done. One of my favorite things that he did during his run is that he bought back uh, Connor, Superboy, Connell, you know. Yep. Uh, Connor Kent, as he's known by I'm I'm so glad because that is one of my favorite comic book characters from the 90s. I mean, from the the leather jacket to like you know the the bouffant hair and everything, like he was just like that edgy teen that you just love to hate, and then he became like just such an intriguing character because he, you know, along the way we find out that he's not only the clone of Superman but half the clone of Lex Luthor as well. And right. from there, it's just like, oh, my right. God. And he's his battle, his internal battles are totally different from a character like Jonathan Kent. Exactly. Like, or John, like the like Superman and Lois's son. It's yeah. a very different thing. Yeah. Like if if we're kind of comparing it to the to the Batman mythos, I'd almost say he's more like a Jason Todd sort of character. Yes, absolutely. He's, he's part of the family, yeah. but he's one of those family members that's like estranged and. Brian wow. Michael Bendis not only brought him back into the DC continuity after Rebirth, uh, he brought back Young Justice, and he brought back the classic look with the leather jacket and the gloves and everything. Um, I right. know on the uh, the Young Justice TV show, he's more well known for like the black Superman T-shirt, and of course just having that's the more modern look. Yeah, that most have incorporated. Yeah, I think that's the I most think... popular uh, look. Didn't they do that on Smallville too? That look. 
Was he on there? Oh, uh, well, you mean just for, for Clark at one point? No, Connor. Connor was on there. Oh, I forgot about that. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm like 99% sure Connor was on there. Okay. Let me look it up. But yeah. Um, um, so what is Bendis going to do after this? I don't know. I, I want to find out because I know he's, he's still, still going to be a DC, right? Yeah, he's still in a DC camp. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, he's, he's been on the Superman run for a couple of years now. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes next. I'd be surprised if they don't put him on a big crossover because that's kind of his forte as well. At least over at they Marvel. They did have Connor Kent. Yeah. This, I remember his face, so I just wanted to, like, double-check this. Um, and he, like, the whole mythos of him is is still there. Like, he is, um, what's it, what, what do you call it? Uh, clone? Oh, he was one of the Lex clones that were just kind of in the lab, chilling? He is, he's half Clark, half Lex. Okay, like, so they, they kept the same. Gotcha. They, they kept, yeah, they kept his whole thing. And he wears the red, uh, the red, red and black shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should also mention he's on, uh, the live action Titans that is on, uh, HBO Max now as well. So if you want to, if, if you want to catch up with Connor in live action, he's all over the place, but now firmly entrenched in the comics as well. So glad to see him back. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Bendis has definitely left his mark on the industry in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I kind of like to see him do something with Green Lantern. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. But I think Morrison uh, is in charge of Hal right now. Yeah. We, you know, so we we may not choice. see something back. Yeah. <laughs> it is a choice, all right. <laughs> Because he swings big, man. Every time Morrison gets on a project, it's just like, ha-ha, let's see how I can destroy all the building blocks that these writers... And I'm not saying it's nefarious or anything. It's just, he's very... To me, it's he comes a little, off... It's a little bit nefarious. It comes off as narcissistic to me. taking over Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> but he's writing this this big, uh, this, this huge scope Green Lantern uh, story right now. Gotcha. And if I'm wrong about this, I'm going to completely delete this. No, it is him. Okay, great. I just okay. wanted to make sure. <laughs> no, I was saying, I, okay, that that's interesting. Yeah. I was just saying, I guess Bendis is going to be doing Justice League. Um, but beyond that, I don't know if he's doing anything else. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, DC, it's it's due for a, for a shakeup. I know Tom Taylor is uh, kicking ass over there. Tom King, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Snyder. I I think Bendis fits in well over there. I'm I'm honestly surprised and, and happy that he fits so well uh, with their storytelling um, brand, you know. So yeah. agreed. I I was necess- like I was very excited to see him go over there when they announced it, but I didn't know if it would be a good fit. Right. right. Um. And yeah, it it is a good fit. So it's interesting. They've tried Marvel guys before, like you know, lifelong Marvel guys. I'd even say John Romita Jr. To me, I keep having to preface it with that. He's his art style doesn't really fit well over at DC to me. Like he's a good Spider-Man guy. I love him on Spider-Man, but oh, I, I don't love him in anything. The angular lines, um, they kind of play with my eyes a little bit, especially with with Superman. Like I feel like he doesn't quite get the the scope of the uh, the bigness of of how, how, how big he is. Those angular lines. Yeah. 
very heavy on those lines. It's, it's, it's very old, old school, just like his dad in a way, but just without that same charm. I feel like something's a little gone. Anyway, um, I've, I've rambled on about that for a little bit I, too long. I just long. can't, I just can't, I can't really read books with him. I don't know why. John yeah. Romita Jr., his artwork bugs me. Yeah. I mean, back in, um, I want to say like the 2000s on Spider-Man, he, he started trying something a little bit different with his style. He, he used a lot more architecture in the background because that was, uh, you know, in his wheelhouse with those very, like I said, those angular lines. And he made uh, his artwork for Spider-Man a little bit more bubbly and, you know, joyous almost. Yeah. Uh, I, I get why, it. you know, there's a lot of artists like that where you get why they're popular, but they're not for you. Yeah. That's kind of how he is with me. I totally get you. Totally understand. Um, I mean, and plus we were spoiled with uh, Mark Bagley on Ultimate Spider-Man for so long. I mean... Yes, that's the kind of artwork I love. Yeah, yeah. Even with the Carnage stuff back in the day when he was doing that, it was like I, I, I noticed something special about the way that he drew Spider-Man. There was just something usually, about it. Usually I'd like a little more cartoony style. Yeah, those expressive that's, eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's been Comic Book Corner, guys. Thank you for, for listening to that. Thank you for bearing with us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you got a couple notes down here. What'd you have? Uh, so, okay. Speaking of still in comic book news, Ah. uh, Kevin Feige confirmed that Chadwick Boseman recorded numerous episodes of Marvel's what if. Wow. Numerous. I didn't know it was Uh, numerous. Yeah. Yeah. So he did numerous episodes of what if, what if as, you know, Black Panther. Mm hmm. Uh, and it's the quote was, these are all uh, sorts of stories we couldn't explore through live action. Um, it says Bozeman came in about four times and recorded numerous episodes. In hindsight, it's very moving, is what wow. Feige said. Yeah. I mean, this must have been like the last thing he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait to see this. Uh, you know, even aside from his contribution, the trailer for this looks amazing the the mm-hmm. the animation that they're using i mean they they absolutely got the rights to use the actors and actresses faces yeah for this project so it, it and they're doing voices like yeah they they're not going to have some third party person try to do it right i just know it's it's um it's annoying to a lot of people and understandably so when you're watching an Avengers cartoon or something, and the voice actor's doing his best Robert Downey Jr. impression. Ugh. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, because it just comes off as smarmy without any type of endearing quality to it, uh, in most cases. So, you I know, just don't like when the voices are off at all. Yeah. Like, I was all, like, I always notice when the voice actors changed or something as a kid. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I don't like this idea that you don't recognize it. Yeah, you do. That's not, you know, you're you're going to go that is not Iron Man. Right. You know, you're going to feel that. So the fact that they can bring the original cast members to do voices is a huge deal for me. When would you say is the first time like the first character you noticed where that voice was just drastically different? If you can remember. Uh Well, Doug happened. Oh yeah, that's Doug right. Doug was all wrong. 
there was there was one point where all of a sudden Doug was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good pull. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, I want to say that was the first time that I recognized that. I was I, like, what happened to Doug? <laughs> I would say it's a tie between the Ren and Stimpy show. Mm-hmm. Um, because at one point, Billy West, uh, you know, most popular as no, no, most popularly known as Fry. Actually, yeah. isn't he Doug as well? Yeah, he is. That's funny. Oh, ha yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. He's, he took over for both Stimpy and Ren. And at one point, the creator of the show, was doing the voice of Ren as well, or just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first time where it really annoyed me, and I knew they couldn't do anything about it, was when uh, Dan Castellanata took over for the genie in Aladdin for the uh, the sequel and the oh, series. Oh, yes. Okay. So, okay, I was thinking of TV shows. Yeah. If we're getting into the movies, like all of those fucking Disney sequels directed to, <laughs> I, I wanted to say DVD, but directed VHS sequels. Yeah, yeah. Were awful. Oh, man. Every awful. time. <laughs> oh, man. Every single time. Um, didn't everyone kind of, you know, after Jim Henson died, all of the Muppets? Yeah. Kermit? Yeah. Kermit I think, wasn't um, right. Right. Kermit wasn't right. The, the expressions to me, it wasn't really Kermit's voice that was off. It was like his, his movement, like his body was just kind of weird. Like, yeah. And then you read the, you, when you read that Jim Henson biography, you, yeah. you understand that even more. It mm-hmm. was like an extension of Jim. Right. 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 Like there is a little scrunchy face that, that yeah. Kermit does where it's almost like a balled up fist, you know, inside his head. And Jim didn't do that that often. Mm-mm. You know, but whatever new puppeteer takes over for Kermit, that's their go-to now. And it's just so, like, noticeable. Even as a kid, I'm like, that's weird. Kermit's really acting kind of off. But yeah. It's funny how you do that. I think we always underestimate kids in that way. Mm-hmm. Because everybody like notices patterns in that sort of thing. I mean, we're trained yeah. to do that from jump. Yeah. And so to just... Also, kids are just tiny humans. They get more than you understand. Right. <laughs> or more than you, you know, more than you would think they would. That's true. And, and just to pretend that they don't recognize that sort of thing is doing a disservice. But also taking for granted that they can deal with that sort of change is a disservice as well. You know, just trying to keep everything Agreed. the same. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's been parenting moments. Yeah, and trying, Lex and Max. that's why I love Mr. Rogers, because he was like, we can't really hide from this stuff. And feelings are okay, even if they're like what we call "quote unquote" bad feelings. Yeah, um, that's one of the things that I really love about his mentality and philosophy and teaching is like it's okay for you to feel sadness or anger or whatever. So, yeah, but too many of the like children's type programming doesn't want kids to feel that way because we don't, you know, we want to protect them. Yeah, they're so sweet and innocent, and you know anyone. I feel like anyone with the heart just you know you see a kid, you want to protect them from pain as long as possible, and that's I understand that, and that's you know an admirable thing that you care for them in that way. Mm-hmm. But it's also more important that not that you shield them from pain, but that you teach them how to deal with it properly. In Absolutely. the way it is a healthy 
way to deal with pain. That's way more important than protecting them because you can never fully stop pain. You know? Agreed. I totally agree with you on that. Totally agree. And, you know, it's it's a matter of leading by example, too, of course. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Everything can't be explained verbally. Sometimes you just have to see you doing the right thing. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But if you shield them from it, which is, you know, an issue within children's programming and, you know, some more older children's books did not play around. (laughs) They were much more hardcore and they were really well done. Some more modern stuff can be an issue. But Mm. uh, so that was that story. Like, you know, that's going to be a very emotional thing when we see Chadwick or hear rather Chadwick again. I'm sure they'll treat it with the respect that's due, you know. Absolutely. They're yeah. they're good about that. Um, yeah. I I'm I don't know if you got this email an hour ago, but I also got one uh very depressing from Nintendo telling me about my uh habits this year in gaming. Oh, I don't get <laughs> emails like that. No, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't get Nintendo emails. I don't know why. I, I'm all, I'm in the thing. Hmm. That's really strange. Like it's okay. Yeah, even if you're not like part of their online program, they should still send you cool stuff like that. No, I don't know. I don't know, man. You did something to Mr. Nintendo. (laughs) Well, you know, whatever I did, they fucking deserved it. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Stand by it. I stand by it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Like, okay, so basically, it's just drilling down how many hours of gaming you had and that sort of thing. Please don't tell me that. When Spotify did that yes. with their year in review, I was like, this is not something I want to know. <laughs> don't you dare fucking do that, Netflix. I'm telling you right now. Don't. <laughs> I don't want to know. Don't don't fucking tell me. You watched The Office I, nine times. <laughs> I have to fall asleep somehow. God dang it. Somehow. <laughs> nine times you watched The Office. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, yeah. 182 hours I played this year, apparently, of, of Switch alone. But. I want to play more hours of Switch, but, you know, yeah. the game got lost in the mail. Son of a gun! It did. Shout out to the no, USPS. You know, we understand. It's going to show up. It'll just probably be like next year. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to be more understandable. I mean, it's not their fault. It's not the. The postal workers' fault. I've I've read many stories this week about um, just everything that they're going through during this holiday season. Of course, I you know, I really do too. I, yeah. I've heard things about postal workers uh, getting uh, getting to work at 6 a.m. and not stopping until 10 p.m. Sometimes just trying to make sure everything gets out. Um, of course, they're they're still without the mail sorter machines that were destroyed. Because, you know, that's the fucking thing. I really think that's why we're having so many issues right that right now that, and you know, obviously funding is unbelievable that we're not funding them properly. But, you know, and this is obviously because we can't get together. Shipping is even bigger this year than it ever has been. Right. Probably. Yeah. There's so so many factors that contribute to this. And, you know, just be nice to your postal worker. If you see them in person, you know. Thank them. Be understanding. Um, yeah, there's just so much going on. It it just doesn't it doesn't do anybody any good to be uh, an asshole towards people right also, now. 
you know, I saw a post that was saying if you ordered from like a local business and it got lost, whatever, they're going to get it late. Um, they were saying, like, put, you know, a picture of the thing. If you really need something to unwrap Christmas Day, you yeah. know, put a picture of that thing that you bought them in a box, wrap it up, whatever. That's that's a way to do that. That's a good idea. I, yeah, yeah. I, I personally think, you know, why why does it matter if it's Christmas Day? Now, this is the, there is the caveat of children. I understand yeah, that. Yeah. I'm not I'm not talking about kids with this. And if you're a parent waiting on toys for your kids and you're really frustrated about that, I understand and that's a totally different scenario. Um it depends on the age of the kid. I was gonna say there might be some good lessons in there, but you know, if they're really little, just I don't know, they have no fucking concept of time. Just tell them it's Christmas next month. <laughs> Santa puts Christmas They're back stupid. this year, kids. Their brains are still small. They don't know. <laughs> they got no sense of time. Well, we're, we're fucking grown-ups. We have access to a tiny brick that tells us everything in the universe that we know so far. I don't know what fucking day it is. I'm sorry. What day is it? I don't know. I don't know. It's like leap year. You just tell the kids that, you know, every 50 years Christmas happens in March. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Just lie to them. <laughs> just oh, lie I'm going to make a great parent one day. Anyway. <laughs> just lie to them. So, folks. you know, yes. just, you know, but but seriously, you things are weird this year, and I understand that you want this one thing to kind of be stable or whatever, but definitely, at the very least, be angry, be whatever. Don't take it out on... Postal workers on like local business owners or, you know, the Etsy person that you ordered an, an item from or anything like that. Yeah. Like they can't control that, man. Right. Like shit happens. Your feelings matter. You can be upset, but don't, yeah, don't yeah. miss an opportunity to be compassionate as well. Exactly. Because you want someone to do that for you, obviously. Yeah. Um, speaking of compassion, uh, you know, one of our favorite stand-ups, uh, we talk about him all the time, John Mulaney. Uh, you know, he's had a very public, uh, struggle with, uh, addiction in the past. You know, he's joked about it. He's talked about it in interviews, that sort of thing. Uh, he's, he's been, um, um, uh, a de facto big brother for Pete Davidson as, as he works on his own rehabilitation. Uh, John Mulaney checked into, uh, rehab this week and uh yeah what i've seen on uh twitter surprisingly it has been nothing but support for him because you know you you want to see him come out of the other side uh healthy more than anything and i, I mean does anyone hate john mulaney like not that i've seriously, met he, i know he people seems largely unproblematic right like Maybe some people think he's overrated or whatever in that sense, or they don't get him. Yeah. But I don't think there's really a crowd of people that hates John Mulaney. Right. There's uh there there's some folks that I know that yeah just don't get him or just think that he's for the younger crowd that sort of thing. Which that I totally get. Yeah. His comedy's subjective. That's fine. For you sure. Know? For sure. But one of one of my favorite quotes and the one that I I wanted to uh, share with you from this article 
was by uh, John DiMaggio. He's a voice actor. Uh, he played Bender on Futurama and yeah. loads of other things. Uh, he goes, the only jokes I want to hear about John Mulaney in rehab are the jokes he tells after, uh, tells about it after he gets out. Oh, yeah, that's really good. That that's was really quote. perfect. It was profound. And like I said, just lots of outpouring from other stand-ups. Patton Oswalt, you know, tweeted in just a, a string of hearts and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you just see everybody just, just standing up for him. So a couple months ago, um, it was reported, and we spoke about it on here, that he had joined uh, Seth Meyers' uh, Late Show as a writer. And, uh, you know, he was also being featured in bits and things like that. That was... Uh, from what I understand, an attempt for him to get some structure back in his life during this pandemic. He needed yeah. structure in order to distract him from, you know, uh, wanting to drink and do drugs and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to everyone who is struggling or trying to maintain or sometimes has relapsed or any any of the above with sobriety during all of this. Yeah. Because... If you think doing this is hard, like doing it sober, 20 times harder, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, if you're a person who deals with addiction. So, yeah. Um, m- my father has been sober coming up on three years now. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Very good. Yeah. Good for him. Well, I, I don't... Um, I don't talk about it because, first of all, it's not my my story to tell, but he would not have a problem with me saying that on the show. Um, He's not in a program, but he is sober. Um, He just reached a point where he was like, I feel like this is starting to slip a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that feeling. And he is just a kind of person who can stop. He was fortunate enough to be in that position. Um. So I was a little bit worried about that in all of this. Yeah. Um, that I, I actually had some nightmares about it, that mm. his sobriety was compromised and stuff like that. Just concern for him um, because becoming sober has been better on him. He's lost weight. Like um, he's sleeping better. You know, a lot of those things, y- you think alcohol helps you sleep. It actually makes your sleep cycle way worse. Mm. Um, at least for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, uh, I was concerned. And, um, you know, like I'm sure anyone is who, uh, loves someone who kind of, you know, has some issues in, in the, that realm. Like I said, it's not on the same level of a lot of other people. I do want to have that caveat there because he would say the same thing. Um, and he's, he's been okay. Like he's, he really like is just, I don't want anything to do with that anymore. That's just his mentality. That's how he stopped. He just wanted to be done with it. And he has not really felt that desire creep back up again, except for a few moments. And he's talked about those moments. That's really important too. Um, so like he didn't go through a program or anything like that, but like, you know, had he, you know, we would have had to navigate that like during this, you know, you can't go to an AA meeting. Right, right. You can't um, safely go talk to your friend who is your sober buddy. You know, anything like that. So you you don't have those normal, like you're saying that that structure. Yeah. Structure is huge for some people. Um, I'm one of those people that structure is very important to me, and 
not having that can really fuck your shit up real quick. Mm-hmm. I've had to create my own structure and, and, you know, in this pandemic. And I should say, too, that I've fallen off of it. I've talked about working out um, being one of my structure things. I fell off of it. I'm trying to get back into it now. Um, and I'm struggling with that. Like uh, writing, I've had off and on. Sometimes I'm doing really well and then sometimes I'm doing nothing. And it really sucks and it messes with me. Yeah. So um, I can see how being an addi- have an addictive personality it can be a huge problem. Well, for lack of a better word. I'm glad that your dad was able to recognize that, and you know it's amazing that he went ahead and got in front of that the way he did so successfully. So kudos to your dad. Absolutely. Yeah. Come January, it's three years for him. That's really cool. That's yeah. great. Um. And thank you for sharing that as well. And I'm with you 100% on just needing some type of routine, you know, just to distract you from, uh, of course, everything that's going on and just to maintain that that level of just uh, mental health, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's just there's so many, so many projects, so many things. I just got done reading you the list of things that I wanted to do uh, in the coming year that kind of just fell by the wayside. And making those lists, doing that sort of thing, that was one of my ways of of focusing uh, not only on uh, the good things behind me, but on good things to look forward to. And now it's just kind of like I'm in a waiting room. You know, that's the that's the vibe. That's kind of how I feel right now. I know. And that really fucking sucks. And mm-hmm. I feel it, too. And I feel like we're starting to kind of break from it. Yeah. Knowing that there's something, you know, that there's there's vaccines coming, that there's X, Y and Z. It makes you feel a little bit less that way, but it's still there. Yeah. Since last we spoke, you know. the, the the Dolly vaccine has been approved, the Moderna. <laughs> the Dolly. Oh, God, why is it not named after her? Our precious sweet baby angel. I know. If this were another circumstance, we could joke about it, but it's got to be so serious. So yeah. it's the Moderna vaccine. Yeah, uh, the Moderna vaccine yeah. approved, and they're going to be able to start using it. Yeah, so that's cool. And, of course, you know, they've they've been trying to get the word out that if you start with one vaccine, your second dose has to be that same vaccine. You yes. Can't, you can't mix them up. Do you so, know anyone that's gotten the vaccine yet? No, not personally, no. Okay, well, we we have a proxy person. Okay. Um, Ryan's cousin hey. is a nurse and got uh, the Pfizer vaccine. My cousin is, I think, going to get it. Uh, but at that's the same crazy. time, guys, it's not over. We also know two more people that have COVID, so. Right. right. Yeah, I'm not talking about on the mic, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's their business, but man, yeah, there's there's so much so much left to do. I'm glad that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel now, but shit, man, yeah. there's, yeah, we're, there's still a lot to intense. do. Since we're kind of still talking about COVID and the damage of COVID, yes. we're going to shift gears a little bit here, unless there's anything else you want to say about whatever the fuck we were just talking about. No, 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 no. Go for it. Okay. Um, MGM is looking to possibly sell off their library of content. Man. Sale of the studio. Which, now, this oof. has come up before. This is a big deal. It I mean, this has. Is, MGM has been struggling for a long time. This is not just COVID. I'm right. sure that COVID has just made this way fucking worse for them. Before um, we had Casino Royale, 
I know that MGM was on the chopping block because the Bond franchise was on the ropes. And then, you know, the Lord of the Rings business was just wrapping up. So they didn't have that that guaranteed cash cow. Was that MGM? Yeah. Huh? I know. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, in the I article, didn't yeah, in the article it says MGM has a film library of 4,000 titles, 17,000 hours of television programming, including film franchises like Rocky and The Hobbit, as well as television the shows Hobbit. like Handmaid's Tale That's and Vikings. What's okay. that? Was it? Uh, hold on. Okay. It, no, keep going. You're good. You're good. Yeah. So before The Hobbit was even discussed, continuing the Lord of the Rings saga, um, there was a point where. Okay. Sorry. I just I wanted to clarify. Okay. So, um, New Line Cinema oh. did the the Lord of the Rings movies. The Hobbit movies are separate. Interesting. Which thought... New Line is a Warner Brothers oh, um, umbrella. Okay. Gotcha. That's why I was questioning it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But they, but they have a lot of films, like and franchises. They do here. Um. So this, like this could have this could have a huge impact on the film industry. You're talking about one of the umbrella, uh, you know, the big tent guys closing up shop. Mm-hmm. And fuck if Disney buys them. Good lord, that's my big concern right now. Yeah, we don't need Disney to own them. Disney honestly should not be allowed to buy them. Yeah, and I mean honestly, they've got so much on their plate already. I mean, we have like a five-hour press conference of upcoming projects. That's yeah. enough. We get it. You guys rock. There's nothing yeah, else you Disney need to prove. Yeah, if Disney does that, then I hope that they they file antitrust laws against them. Yeah. Because it's too much. They can't take on anything more. No. Um, you know, it's bad enough if Warner Brothers buys, which is probably, I'm sure that's probably going to be the case with MGM if they do end up selling, um, or Paramount or something like that. But like, don't, don't go, like Disney can't happen. They can't have that. They're, it's too much. Right. It's like the Infinity Stones. Like, you gotta fucking stop this shit. It's too much power. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. Um, I know you're a Bond fan. I'm I'm always just kind of... I'm lukewarm. No, I'm lukewarm about Bond. Oh, you're lukewarm? I'm lukewarm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm lukewarm about Bond. I'm not a huge fan of that. I fucking love Rocky, though. Rocky and the Creed movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my shit. I never We're watched so... Creed 2. Should I go back? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's oh. great. It's great. Cool. It explores his family a little bit more. It's I wanted rich. to go back and watch, like, all of them before going before getting to Creed 2. Yeah, you can skip the one. I can't remember which one it is where Rocky's a street fighter, though. I think it's five. Wow, okay. Oh, you mean, like, the, like the, the, the reboot kind of thing they did? No, 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 no. That one's found fantastic. Okay. Rocky Balboa is great. Yeah. There's one of the original, maybe it was Rocky Four. One of the original Rockies, it's like a street fight thing. It's fucking stupid. Just <laughs> skip it. Yeah. Because, yeah, the one before Creed, I actually did enjoy. Because that, that's the one I'm thinking of. Rocky Balboa. No, no, no. That's Rocky Balboa. That's yeah. one of my favorites, like, of the franchise. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'll go back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those movies are. So freaking good. Neat. Uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone, man. Like, don't let the don't let the voice fool you. Like, he 
he's an amazing actor and creator. He really is. He's got a real like mind for the industry. And yeah, I think that Rocky is one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah. Like, and, and I realize that's not <laughs> that's not exactly like a uh, like you know. Of course, it's one of the greatest films of all time. Of course, it is. Like, it's iconic and this and that. But like, I I do think that it's it it's still underrated for the emotional depth of that movie. Yeah. And like the performances. And yes, those... I get that he runs up the stairs and he goes the distance <laughs> and everything like that. But that's not like everything about that movie. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's It's that got movie. mass appeal and it's got the artistic quality to it, which yeah. is such a rare combination. Yeah, you're hard-pressed to find like any other film that <laughs> pulls that off. Right, right. And he's at the epicenter of it. And then to have this franchise... And then the Rambo franchise as well, which, yeah. you know, has that same quality Apparently to it. Apparently has gotten super fucking racist. I don't remember if the original one was. I haven't. It's been years since I've seen it, but. Yeah. I um, guess the latest one was bad. Really? That like, bad, huh? Okay. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Apparently it was like very racially fucked up. Man, I should have known Not because well. I didn't hear much about it after it came out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think a lot of people are like, we really like Rocky, so I don't want to. We like Rocky, we like the original Rambo film, and like we don't want to. We don't want to get into this. Like, <laughs> this is a movie where he wrote what was it, Space Cop? What, 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 I don't know. I'm trying to come up with Sylvester Stallone movies, I fucking can't. Demolition Man. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Space Cop. Space Cop. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, Van Damme's got a time cop? Space cop. What up? Let's go. Let's do this. Yep. Um, You're welcome, Hollywood. Right, right. But he's got he's got the Rambo franchise, except for that last one we don't talk about. He's got the Rocky franchise with the side of Creed. And then yeah. he's got the uh, the Expendables, which, yeah. you know, did box office, too, for those first couple. So Yeah, I never really got into it, but no. I like the, the concept of just, oh, let's bring everyone together and make this crazy movie. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> one last hurrah yeah yeah so that's cool i mean like i said I, I respect the actor i respect the creator and yeah it's to varying degrees of success he's he's made his impact on hollywood sorry uh i thought i heard my cat <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh crap what are you doing anyway uh so what's this tom Cruise? More Tom Cruise news. More Tom Cruise news. This time, right. this time it's not him, guys. This time, <laughs> this time it's Russia. It's Russia's. Russia. Of seeks, course, it's Russia. It's, it's Russia. Russia. Russia seeks actress to send into space and bid to beat Tom Cruise movie. She must Wait, be. Tom Cruise is going into space. He's going into space for Mission Impossible, and apparently the Russian government wants to. Uh, get one of their actors into space to film a movie before him and release it so they can beat the U.S. Now, I think this is cute. What fuck, first of all, what fucking year is it? Second this... of all, they're really going to put Tom Cruise in space? <laughs> now, hold on. <laughs> we, this, is, this, is a, this is like a halfway point to Wall of Weird. Tom Cruise is in the zeitgeist right now, so... I feel like it dips a toe outside a wall of weird because Tom Cruise been weird, you know, but this. Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise is always weird. This, much like when I talk about wrestling, is Tom Cruise adjacent. He's got nothing to do with this. This is Russia. So 
the article goes on to say, this is coming from Sky News. Uh, she must be fit and healthy with a clean criminal record and a quote unquote chest girth of up to 112 centimeters. Oh, this- get them titties popping yeah. in space. <laughs> pop them, pop them up there. Come on. This is what it's all about. <sighs> That's it. That's it. How else are you going to be an effective astronaut if them titties aren't popping? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's science. It's <laughs> scientifically proven. The math is there, man. You know, they've got people doing the math on on fucking chalkboards like. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, please keep going. <laughs> <laughs> like in hidden figures, they got them doing the math on chalkboards. Mm. We have computers now. Mm-hmm. There's still like, fuck it. We got to do the math out longhand to make sure the titties are good. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's all you, buddy. I got nothing for this. <laughs> this is all you. <laughs> what am just, I doing? I'm here to enjoy the show. You guys I'm, ever have a moment hey, where you stop you and know, you wonder what you're doing with your life? <laughs> That's me about one, at least once a week on this podcast. <laughs> what am I doing? What is this? That's all right. You know. Anyway. <laughs> pop them dudes. Hey. Let's see them. Russia's biggest I TV. I love you. You're like, we're going to interview <laughs> women. <laughs> To go into space. <laughs> Make them titties pop. <laughs> That's, you know, look, man. Okay, see, you're very qualified. <laughs> <laughs> now, mm, undo that button. Mm, that one, too. <laughs> oh, man. This is this is too risky for even, like, a Netflix special. This is This has got to be Cinemax. This is too much. Too much. <laughs> So the article goes on to say, (laughs) Russia's biggest TV channel has lost the competition to find a woman to star in what it hopes will be the first feature film shot in space. Partnering. It's not even like the Russian government. Nope. It's like Bubba from the the radio station who's like, well, let's see if we (laughs) we can find a woman. And they're specifying what her chest will be like. You know. You got to put Why it right up front. Men? That's it. End of sentence. Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Partnering with Russian space agency Roscosmos, Channel One aims to find a leading lady for the movie provisionally titled Challenge, which will begin filming at the International Space Station in October 2021. They've already got a film date. It's happening. We're sending... A well-endowed yeah. woman in the space to film a movie. And in a space race for the 21st century, the project is vying to pit movie star Tom Cruise to the post after he announced he would be teaming up with NASA and Elon Musk's SpaceX to film the first narrative feature outside the Earth's atmosphere at around the same time. Now that, I believe... I I believe if Tom Cruise wants to go to space, based on the shit that he's done yeah. in movies, he'll pay his own money to to get his insurance to get that movie made. I mean, he's been close to space and Top Gun and Top Gun 2. He jumped from that aircraft. He did that, yeah, you know. Yeah, he went to space inverted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's been to space. This is just a revisit. 
Wait, Top Gun 2 came out? No, no, no. I'm just saying it, it has okay. been filmed. You know. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did I miss? Yeah. I'm sorry. It was more racist than the last Rambo movie, so we don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, shit. That could be the case. You never know. I haven't seen any black yeah. folks in that preview of you. I, I don't know, man. No. Mm, okay. I would imagine they're like... They they see the planes. You guys are like, no, fuck that. That's bullshit. <laughs> you see Tom Cruise, you say, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to join your cult. Bye. <laughs> the casting announcement for the role says a quote-unquote real superhero is required for the part. Someone who wants to go to the stars at the same time as becoming a big international star. While the successful applicant does not have to be a professional actress, she does have to be aged between 25 and 40, stand between 150 and 180 centimeters tall, weigh between 50 and 70 kilograms, and have a chest girth of up to 112 centimeters. She is also required to have a clean criminal record. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm amazed that they are allowing someone at the age of 40. I mean... Based on every other criteria here, I assume that these men think that women just die after they hit 30. Mm. <laughs> like, like, do they know that women over 30 exist? That's that's quite impressive. There's also a list of, like, you know, fitness attributes that they must have and all kind of stuff. But ah, yes, you know what they say, Russian don't crack. Yes, that is the notorious saying. Mm hmm. That and um, get drunk off this potato. Like, those are old Russian sayings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that story happened. Uh <laughs> That's ridiculous and hilarious. I kind of want to see it happen. I mean, there's so many stipulations to the role that this, this woman must have, like, they're talking about none of them are actual space related or acting <laughs> related. Like really, no. Like none of this has anything to do with acting or space. It's just we want because this is just gonna end with some dude plowing this chick in space. Like oh that's God. what this is going to be. What are we doing here? That's oh. what the, it's going to just be porn. The yeah. first video in space, if it's not Tom Cruise, will probably be porn. And I do not like your straight, all your straight bullshit, but I'd probably watch that. I mean, you know, out of sheer curiosity, as an American citizen, you have to be at least mildly curious as to what's happening up there. You know, it's your tax dollars at work. You deserve to know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's gross. They call it SpaceX. I mean, there's got to be some shenanigans (laughs) happening, right? Right. Yeah. Look, they've already got the name. Yeah. I mean, basics. Right, you say it fast enough, it already writes itself. What? Yep. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Tom Cruise is going to be um, the first person to film. Yeah. Yeah. Something. I, now that is interesting. Yeah. I'm very curious about that project. <laughs> I also Which love the I name. Remember. I love the name yeah. of the Russian space program being Roscosmos. It's almost like Roscoe Cosmos. Yeah. Which sounds like a fun diner that the gang goes to on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> it's out of this world. Roscosmos. They have the best pizza. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Man. All right. All right. So, yeah. We're, we're getting into Wall of Weird. That was already Wall of Weird adjacent. Mm-hmm. So, 
This is a good transition. This wall of weird story uh, I pulled from Internet Famous Joe Martin. Hey. posted about this. Uh, it's from matadornetwork.com. Eastern Australia is covered in huge amounts of snake-infested foam. Nope. Yeah. It looks horrifying. Click on the article, Matthew, so I, that you can see the picture. I'm looking, man. It looks yeah. like fucking, yeah, it's frothy. and It, it is sea foam. Oh, my God. Just the, the thought of walking through that and snakes slithering, slithering past your legs. Yep. Oh, my you God. You and I both are terrified of snakes. Yeah. Um, in case our listeners did not know that. So it's like they're saying, while you might be tempted to flop right into it, diving in like it's fluffy snow, nope. you should probably think twice because sea snakes and other materials are wor- are lurking underneath the soft surface. Sea snakes. Although people are currently enjoying the foam, both playing in it and taking photos of it. What the <sighs> fuck, Australia? I mean, it's Australia. Be- they, you know, I'm yeah. sorry. Be advised... To steer clear due to the presence of sea snakes, which have gotten swept up in the foam, there are 32 species of poisonous sea snakes around Australia. Mm. If you get bit, you need antivenom. Oh, my gosh. And these women are out here in bikinis. Did you watch the video? I did not watch the video. 24-second video. From uh, the Twitter account BBC Weather, if you scroll down a little bit. Oh, yeah, I see it. The guy in shorts. They're just waiting in it. They're <gasps> waiting in it. And oh, it's, fuck do this. Do you see how this foam is, like, moving? It's like, <gasps> yeah. It's yeah. higher than I thought when you get further out there. And then they've got their dog in there, too. Oh, fuck them. Nope. That dog should be taken away. Yep. No, I don't like this. Nope. Okay. Mm-mm. Uh, I want no part of this. And then it also... In addition to that, there's also, um, it says that there have been trees and things that have washed up because they get caught up in these waves. There was half a cow no. that washed up at the beach yesterday. Mm-mm. Son. So the, <laughs> what the shit, Australia? <laughs> what ate half of that cow and spit the so, rest out? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to fucking know. I don't want to know uh, either. The foam, so the, how this foam is created, the foam is formed by the churning of salt water with algae, salts, fat, and other pollutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so thick that uh, a dog was lost and later found in the foam. Thank God the dog was found. Yeah. So people are encouraged to be careful because there can also be surges of water under the foam. And Which also, are and you could fall and get dragged out to sea. And get dragged so there's lots to, of ways to die in this boat. Get dragged out to snakes. There, look, look. We yeah. can't can't stress this enough. Venomous snakes. How many? Like 38 kinds, 38 varieties, 32, 32 flavors of snake that can bite you and kill you and drag you out to sea and eat half a cow and say, no, that's not good enough. I need human. No, 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 no. That foam is not cool enough. If I need foam that badly, I will make a bubble machine. I will make foam in the bathtub. I will sit in that foam in my well-controlled environment. No to snakes. No to snakes. Yes. Agree. No to snakes. (sighs) Fuck that. Why would you want to play in that? I don't understand (laughs) this. Y'all are fucking weird. Very. Wall of weird. Nightmare. 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 
Oh my god. Anyway, shit. Oh, it's I, one of the worst wall of weird stories just for the the sheer nightmare fuel. Yeah, just like it, it's the it's the fear of unknown. It's it's the combination yeah. of knowing that snakes are fucking monsters and then not knowing where they're at at all times. Like I can look around my place right now. No snakes. Not that I not that I can see. And you know what? That's good enough because I know there's no foam that's going to be coming in. There's no snake holes yeah. in my apartment. And that's great. You and know? like even if they were saying, oh, all of the snakes are harmless. No. Like there's no poisonous snakes. There's 32 varieties of mm. venomous snake or poisonous snakes in there. Uh, what the shit? But like even if they were all harmless, I still would be like, nope, nope, sorry, nope. No. I won't even walk in tall grass in Florida. No. Because I'm like, nope. I know I know what this leads to. No. Okay. That's Australia light, man. I'm not fucking with that. Nope. Mm-mm. Oh, for real? Ugh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I even got freaked out a little bit during those times in Red Dead Redemption when you were in the uh, in the bayou. And, like, there were just oh, alligators yeah. chilling by the side of the road. Mm-mm. Cannot. Yeah, no, I, I've gone to parks here and I've seen gators just like chilling <laughs> down in the water off to the side. And like you just have to be mindful if you have like dogs and kids and stuff and just stay. You just stay away from the edge. I don't worry about that. But like I, you keep your distance. I, I don't know. But like snakes, fuck them. Good day. I'm out. Yeah, I know. Whoo. OK, Probably. let's let's uh let's cleanse the palate. Let's let's. uh. Give the socials first, and then we'll we'll dig into a little bit of uh, Mandalorian discussion there, just to to ease out of this out of this uh, episode here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us at Lex and Matt on all the social medias. Uh, thank you guys. We um we released a uh, a special uh, Resnaculous 2020 holiday episode uh, just yesterday that's available for you. So check that out. It was D and I. And uh, we did a little bit of taste testing. We talked about some news. Um, we talked about uh, this new spam Oreo burger coming out of uh, not not Japan rather, but China. And um, we also taste tested the Pickle Rick Miracle Tonic, which is yeah, you have to hear our reaction. It, it is the most visceral yeah. reaction we've ever had to. A, uh, a Resnaculous product. Is so good. Thank so you. that that is the extended <laughs> episode that's available on our Patreon. Right. The extended episode is available on the Patreon. Uh, and, you know, you can get in there, uh, check out all the other mini episodes. And just so you folks know, we appreciate, absolutely 100% appreciate all of our patrons. Uh, you guys have kept us afloat, kept this party going uh, throughout the past couple of years here. We're going to be doing some exciting things in 2021. Uh, we're going to restructure the Patreon a little bit yes. and uh, give you some more of what you want, move some things around, and we'll have more to share about that in the near future. So yeah. stay tuned. Yep. Stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. That's right. Yeah. All right, All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening. Um, for those that are cutting out now, and we're going to get into a little bit of Mandalorian discussion. So, Lex. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. All right, spoilers. we're starting. First of all, if you ever see Kevin Smith 
in an Instagram post or on Twitter and he posts a picture of his face and you see tears coming down, you know that something amazing happened in the fandom that you never <laughs> expected. True. Like yeah. every single time I see this man cry is because like some media has just moved him to, <laughs> to boyish tears and God bless him. He was right this time. And mm-hmm. oh my God, Luke Skywalker <laughs> showed up on the Mandalorian. If you'd have told me that in the first season, I never would have believed you. It's just improbable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was spoiled that is, morning. Ugh, yeah. Uh, like early in the morning, it just was trending. Like Luke Skywalker was trending. Yeah. And then it was Luke Skywalker, the Mandalorian. I didn't even go through the trending. I just saw that. Right. I was like, oh, cool. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Luke shows up. Uh, I didn't know that it was going to be like CG Luke like that or what. When he was walking through that whole segment, I was going, oh, maybe he's just going to stay like in his hood or whatever. We're not going to see his face. They're right. going to do it that way. Right. I thought we were going to see like just the silhouette of his mouth or something. You yeah. Know? I thought that's what we were going to do. Yeah. Yeah. As well. But you brought up an interesting point earlier in the episode, which is, is it time to recast Luke Skywalker? I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no reason if we ever see old Luke in anything again, there's no reason to recast him at all. But as far as like younger Luke, mm-hmm. if he's going to be important within any story, we don't need this CG thing. Like, yeah. I know it's expensive. <laughs> we all know it's expensive. It looks a little bit wonky. Yeah, it's got an Uncanny Valley feel to it, definitely. Yeah. And it didn't feel the way that, um, what was it, New uh, New Hope? Not New Hope. Rogue One? Uh, Rogue One, yeah. Um, it didn't feel the way that Rogue One felt with Carrie Fisher. Yeah, yeah. Um, this... I know there's a difference between a movie and a TV show, but still. Yeah, like that's the thing too. When I when I uh thought about all of the big effects that they had throughout that episode, whether it be from various lightsabers, laser fights, an entire army of just like these death troopers, I believe they were called. Yeah. And just everything going on around them. Like the fact that they had enough budget this season to do a full CG Luke Skywalker. <laughs> like Yeah. My goodness. They poured so much effort into that. But yeah, it, it was a little off. And I'm with you. I think it is time to recast. And not not out of disrespect for Mark Hamill, of course, because it, it's hard to separate him from that character. But at one point, I would have said the same thing about uh, Spock. But didn't his audio sound like it was it was pieced? It didn't even sound like Mark Hamill was doing his current audio. It, it sounded like it was. What? No, I'm agreeing. It, it sounded like... Yeah, it sounded like they took the old movie and cut it together. Right. Exactly. It was a little off-putting Which, there why? as well. Yeah, I mean... Well, Mark Hamill doesn't sound like that Mark Hamill anymore. Like, the more he... I know, but he's also Mark Hamill. He can do a lot of fucking voices. I'm sure he can do a younger version of himself. That's true. That's true. The but, man is, like, literally a voice actor as yeah. well. And I mean, this is the other part of that, too, is this is uncharted territory for for Luke Skywalker as far as the uh, the canon goes at this point. So they didn't have to make him the clean cut Luke uh, that almost looks like, a, you know, a, a Lego man, you know, with the with the yeah. coiffed hair, the clean face and everything. Um, 
they could have given him a little bit of scruff. They could have given him like a goatee. Um, I feel like that would have gone a long way as to hiding that weird mm-hmm. mouth <laughs> yeah. that they worked on. Um, and would have given him a reason to have a little bit more gravel in the, in the tank as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully they, they kind of rethink that. And, um, the, the other part of it too, uh, that I want to discuss with you was of course the, uh, the post credit scene. Right. Which they've now kind of clarified what that was. Yeah. Which is the spinoff series. Right. Right. So one of the, one of the concerns that you and I had was, um, were they done? telling the story of uh, the Mandalorian uh, that we've come to know and love in these past two seasons. And, they're and just the gonna, child. And the child. Yeah. And they're just going to move on to uh, to Boba Fett now, which was yeah. kind of what everybody thought was going to happen initially anyway. Like, they weren't too clear about who this guy was. So a lot of right. folks thought, like, oh, this must be a tale of young Boba Fett, and they're just keeping it close to the vest. When, of course, we found out along the way that Pedro Pascal was uh, Din... Dejarin, a new character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fortunately, I'm glad it's over. Like, I, I, I don't really care about Boba Fett. I understand mm-hmm. everyone's very excited for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that they're, you know, that everyone's excited for it. But I care more about this story. Yeah, and I don't feel like it's done. I don't either. I mean, they, they, they bought it to a point where enough of the story was satisfied where in classic star Wars nature, they could have fleshed it out in comics or in novels or come to it, you know, years from now or something like that. But no, uh, John Favreau went on good morning America and clarified like, yes, um, they're going to focus on this, this new series, the book of Boba Fett next season. They're going to give that eight, eight episodes, but then they're going to dive back into the Mandalorian. So, um, kind of a, yeah. Wait, so they're taking a break from, they're not going to, they're not going to run them congruently. That's my concern. I feel like at the very best, what we're going to get is a, is an HBO model where, you know, for a couple of weeks, we'll probably get a little bit of like overlap and then they'll go back into Mandalorian, but their next focus for production, um, which is going to be, uh, John Favreau, uh, Dave Filoni and Robert Rodriguez is joining the team. They're going to focus on Boba Fett and then get back to Mandalorian. I don't like that. Yeah, because the 2021 slate, I saw Eric Goldman from IGN tweeting about it today. He said they didn't mention Mandalorian at all. But as I mentioned, John Favreau said it is what? coming back. What is the why are you doing like I don't understand why these shows now want to break things like they want to do like anthologies or whatever. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's good. But like a lot of the times you're just throwing out really good characters and interesting (laughs) things. And the thing that people are coming back to you for. Right. I would rather you do less of a show like just do four seasons of The Mandalorian. Yeah. As this story than to then to like do this bullshit. And I think also they're they're the reason why they're doing it that way is they're taking time to figure out um, they're going to try to learn from the mistakes that they made with the defenders and figure out yeah. how to actually make these four shows work together. So we're not only talking about Boba Fett, Mandalorian, we're talking about Ahsoka, and we're talking about um, what is it the uh, the Imperial Guard or something like that. 
Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, we, we talked about all these spinoffs last week. No, 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 I'm, week. I know, but, like, I don't know the details of it. Right, so there's there's those three shows, uh, including Ahsoka, and then there's a, a fourth one that's going to have uh, Kira Dunn in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so they're going to... They're going to figure out how to make them all work on their own and then bring them back together for a big crossover. That's what the, the current theory is right now, because these are all in the same universe. So yeah. we'll see how well that works. But that's going to be several years yeah. in the making, you know, given the quality. Yeah, I mean, waiting one year is already rough. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But we'll see. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm concerned it's going to become like Westworld. Where you're just waiting too long in between it, and I'm not just, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, exactly. Man, Westworld was such like a, a build up to a disappointment. Um, okay, I found the name of the show. It's called Rangers of the New Republic. That's what I was thinking of. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff here. They built a, a pretty cool uh, pocket of the universe with Mandalorian, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I hope they're not thinning it out too much. Um, what do you think of Giancarlo's Esposito? How do you think he did? That's the the actor, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's playing. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, I think he did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't have any. I, it's not like, like I said. I don't have any complaints about it. I just don't really care about that story. Mm-hmm. Like Boba Fett has never really interested me. I guess the way every, he does everyone else. Yeah, I mean they they've never really given like and I don't mean this in a in a in a demeaning way, but they haven't really given casual fans a reason to glom on to Boba Fett besides his like look, his design. No, that's that's perfectly fine. Like I I'm fine with like in this sense being labeled a casual fan. And I count and being, myself yeah, among them care. as well because I, yeah. I I know peripherally of like the expanded universe and the, the yeah, I feel like those are the hardcore fans. Yeah, and I'm not in that shit either. Right, right, right. The folks that have stuck with the video games over the years, the folks that have dug deep into the novels, that sort of thing. Yeah, I I've read a couple them. of those like side books and video games and gotten into some of that stuff, but not on the level that other people have. Yeah, yeah. Um, same. So we'll see what happens. I'm most interested out of everything that happened uh, in the finale. I'm most interested in, in, in knowing what happens between uh, Din and Bo-Katan uh, with the Darksaber. I want to know what that's all about, why she wouldn't take it from him, what was well, going on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but he was just like, I forfeit, take the fucking sword. Yeah, it's not doesn't work that way. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, he was really just trying to be super practical about it. Just like, yeah. I don't want this man here. Look. Yeah, you know? there's the, I, I want to <laughs> know what all goes on with that i want to know i don't feel like his story with uh groku is done right like there there's so many layers to that that i really want to see play out i mean really just realistically i feel like they could meet up a little bit later a couple days and just go look man you lay low for about two months i'm gonna punch mm-hmm. you in the eye you sell that shit go to a bar just be like oh how'd you get that messed up oh well you know i got in this fight for this dark saber and oh no i lost it you know mm-hmm. just to to continue the lore so yeah. everybody could be happy. It was just a happenstance that he got the damn thing. He didn't want it. it just, yeah, the dark saber is really interesting. It is. It is. Uh. By the way, if you want to buy a dark saber, you can get one for the low low price of two hundred and forty dollars. Oh, that seems reasonable. Mm, yes. How does it look? 
it, like a viable <laughs> version. Because in the show, it took me a second to realize it was a lightsaber. Right. Right. It doesn't look like one. Because it has like a, a skinny blade, and so my concern yeah. with the with the um, because they've released many lightsabers over the years around mm-hmm. that price range, um, but the durability of it is what what I'm concerned about because since it has a thin thinner blade, right. that's gonna have to be that that material that like uh you know just plastic basically, uh, right. that reflects light while looking badass or whatever while you hold it for combat play. It doesn't look like it'll hold up that well. So uh, no, probably not. It's like a display item. Right, right. So you pick it up, you wave it around, you make the noises, and you put it on the shelf for two years and wonder why you spent that much money on something. Yep, Basically. that's usually how it goes. Yep. <laughs> We've this all done it. I, yeah, this is the way. <laughs> I'm not criticizing anybody who does it. I've done it. We've no, all we've done all done it. it. Yeah. Trust me, we've you know, all done it. I have a portal gun sitting in the closet right now that I've turned on like twice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Anywho, we needed the serotonin of ordering that initially. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, what else excited you about the uh, about this past season? Was there anything that you really dug? I'm very excited for Osaka because I thought that was really interesting and well done. And I don't really know much about that character because I've never dug into the the cartoons. We've talked about this. It just can't keep me interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm interested in a live action, more interested in a live action version of it. Yeah, me too. So that was great. I mean, I thought the second season was better than the first one. So I enjoyed all of it. Um, and I was very excited to see where they're going. But now... I don't know what's going to happen. I'm glad um, that we didn't deal much with the Jedi until these past couple episodes because yeah, it gets overdone. And, you know, honestly, they put the Jedi on a shelf too much. Um, but I'm interested to that's know. The, you know, that's the trouble, though. I, I just love lightsabers so much. Mm-hmm. And I love this, like, lore of the Jedi so much. Yeah. And that was one thing that they had a lot of and people didn't like about the prequels, but I thought it was really fascinating about the prequels, how this, they were kind of a religious, almost like a cult. <laughs> like I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting in its own right. It's just, sometimes you want to see what else is going on in the universe. And oh, I feel abs- like, absolutely. If they got away from Skywalkers. Yeah. Oh, that too. Of course. That, yes. that I feel like we associate, we just go Jedi Skywalker. Like, but when it's, when it's someone who is completely different, but in but a Jedi, it's it's just a whole different game, you know. Yeah. Well, that was kind of one of the disservices that happened with Rey because yeah. automatically yeah. it's like, oh, whose daughter is she? Like, who the fuck cares? Right. What what does she do? Like, what is what is her purpose here? Because it's this own? idea that it has to be the circle or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It has to rhyme. It has to be poetry. Right, right. Like, and it's the marketing, too. I understand that yeah. they're pressured by certain parties where it's like, oh, yes, it must be the Skywalker saga. It can't just be Star Wars. It has to relate to the Skywalkers. Right. It's like, okay, cool. Um, What about, can we just leave her alone, though, and make her her own thing? Make it like a hero's journey. Yeah. And she encounters Skywalkers and stuff, but... Yeah, whatever. Like I like the way Mandalorian handled it. My my preference would have been, and I want to preface it with, I'm a big fan of Luke Skywalker. Love the character. My right. preference would have been he didn't show up. Dude, I 
love that green lightsaber, though. Me too. I just want to state for the record <laughs> that that was the dopest <laughs> lightsaber, and they should not have used in the newer films the um the original uh, the uh, um, yeah Anakin. That's the word I was looking okay. for. The original Anakin lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. They should have used his green lightsaber. I understand that's the whole legacy mm-hmm. of. You know that and and passing it on from film to film, but like no, fuck that. Just use the green one. It's so cool. That's what I most relate him to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I would have preferred not to have him in there just because you know that's that's a big shadow to cast over the show. Yeah. You know, and they did so much work. It was great. You know, we we had a great um, I guess they call them like side quest episode before that with uh, Bill Burr. Well, most of the episode, most of the show is side quests. Let's yeah. be honest. Like it's you. Hey, I need your assistance with this thing. If you do that, <laughs> I'll owe you. Like right. it's like a it's like a Skyrim. Like, hey, can you help me take this to the? You know, like, okay, sure, I guess. Yeah. I'll go on this quest. It it had a lot of video game tropes too. You're right. Where it's oh, like, yeah. if you do this quest, I'll give you this material to build your armor. You I can can't do, this next do that, quest. you Mando. But if you really need a ship part. All you got to do is help me go defeat this bug. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very Metroid-esque where it's like, yeah, you know, these weapons that you earned in all these past missions, well, at the beginning of this game, we're going to blow them all away, and you're going to have to find them all over again. Just it's like going to cost you 500 credits. Yeah. Oh, I don't have 500 credits. <laughs> well, I guess we can make a trade. <laughs> like, all right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but of course, yeah. you know, everybody's favorite moment of the season was seeing the Mon Calamari rocking that cable knit sweater, looking like Chris yes. Evans. Everybody dug that. That was that was just that the, was the pinnacle of television this season. Yeah. Everybody knows. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. That was the look of the year. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I really did enjoy this season. Um, I enjoyed <laughs> the action elements to it. The storytelling was great. Um, later on this month, uh, before the year is over, obviously, they're going to have another, uh, season of the making of Mandalorian. Cool. So I'm looking forward to that because I really want to know the, the <clears throat> process that went into putting Luke on screen again. I agree. I want to know more about that. Yeah. So at the very least, I'm going to watch for that. Um, oh, just to touch on Asaka for a second, I'm excited to see her story too. And I, I appreciate the fact that. I'm learning about her for mostly the first time outside of clips and everything that I've seen because Same. I like her design. I like her attitude mm-hmm. and I want to know how she got here, but I want to see how the, the, her show builds that mythos. Agreed. Like she, she clearly has this past and like it's hinted to on the show, but if you don't know anything about her, which we both don't really, mm-hmm. what, what is her story? I don't know. Right. I thought her character was supposed to be dead. Like, I, I don't, you know, I, I didn't know that her character had lived past the Clone Wars stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the interesting thing about all these uh, these Jedi that have gained popularity in the cartoons and, and that sort of thing. It's where were they during the uh, the last movies? Like, what happened? Like, why didn't yeah. they come back and help out? What's going on? Where's Grogu? We don't want to there's think definitely about that, that story. Hard. Yeah, there's there's definitely that. I mean, there's even that story with Obi Wan though. Like, he was just in hiding for years. Mm-hmm. 
That's why they're going to explore that on that show. We're going to find out. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I would, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm hoping that the entire show is kind of like that whole baby's day out. Uh, yeah. Tom and Jerry short that they had back right. in the day where it's just Luke is getting into all kind of shenanigans and he's just walking around all aimlessly going and, you know, getting power converters from Tashi station and shooting womp rats and all that stuff and building mm-hmm. droids and <clears throat> behind him, Anakin's trying to kill him and Obi-Wan is just fiercely protecting him the entire yep. time. And that, that's what's going on for decades or at least like, yeah, yeah. 20, maybe two decades. Yeah. Yeah, he's about 20, I yeah. think. That that would be perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I guess we'll see. I'm excited for yeah. it, though. Yeah, I am, too. Yeah. I am, too. Eventually, when it happens. <sighs> yeah, that's okay. We've got a billion D other shows to go through. That is very true. You know, not even considering all the the Marvel stuff that we're going to be getting. Jesus, yeah. All just the Disney stuff that we're going to see is just ridiculous, man. This is just... I know. I was talking to somebody today about just how much additional media they put out for Lilo and Stitch after the initial movie came out. Yeah. It's incredible how much, how just how much energy they put into Stitch for him not to be like a big star for Disney. You know? He's, I mean, yeah, he's a pretty big character. I think it's just a, like, my generation, I guess, embraced him or whatever. I guess. It's just you don't see him in much marketing anymore. There are shows that strictly came out in certain markets that featured Stitch. And, and there are a lot of toys for him, though, like plush toys, and, and he's on a lot of merch. That's true. Yeah. A lot of merch. Like, go into any fucking hot topic. Oh, yeah. You're going to see some fun. <laughs> and it's got Stitch stuff for days. Yep. <laughs> I enjoyed the TV show. I really liked that. You know, yeah. Kind of had I mean, I love Lilo and Stitch. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, somehow we diverted into Lilo and Stage for Mandalorian, but... Yeah, that's that's about all. Well, yeah. that's, we, we got it covered, so... Mm. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, next week we're doing our last episode of the year. That's right. Year review. We have categories you can send us. Um, we probably should have talked about that before the spoilers, but you can go on our Instagram and find that list of things to submit for our award show that's right it's gonna be fun it's the second annual lexi awards everybody come on through tell us what you like i didn't name them i didn't name it (laughs) don't come at me i didn't do it but remember that whole email you wanted you demanded you said you were gonna walk if i didn't call it that but sure remember yeah that sounds like me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so folks let us know what your faves are for this year and of course we'll share it with the world on the next episode during the awards show thank you for listening as always i'm matt peters and i'm lex lutz be excellent to each other bye